Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, who's ready for the preaching of the word? Come on, grab your Bible. Open with me to Matthew chapter 18. You're going to be reading from the Gospel of Matthew today. And I love it as you're opening your Bible, if you're with your spouse, why don't you grab their hand? We're going to pray over our Bibles. And here's the truth today, is that one word in one verse in your Bible can change your life. I'm going to preach the truth today. Just one word can change your trajectory forever. You know, that's the kind of faith expectation we've got to have when it comes to the Bible. And the Word of God is that we know it because we're like, oh, yeah, it's the Bible. It's perfect. It's amazing. We know that. But sometimes I think when we come into reading the Bible, we need to come with that kind of faith and expectation that there is one word in here that could change my life. And so we're going to believe together that the Holy Spirit's going to do that in the next 30 minutes or so. You with me? So grab your Bible, put your hand on it, and let's pray. Lord, we love your word. We thank you for your word, Lord. We choose right now to meditate on your word. Father, we just pray right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd come, that you'd take these words that are in our Bibles and that you would illuminate them to us and you would show us something new, that you would bring truth into our lives because it's the breath of God that changes everything. And so, Father, we just ask right now as we submit to the authority of your word that you'll speak through it, that you'll show us something new. This Baptism Sunday, God, we thank you for the 35-plus people that are getting baptized today. Father, we just thank you. This is a significant step. It's not just like a, a thing that we do. That's religion. But God, through a relationship that these people have with you, God, you're bringing about new life. And Father, we just thank you for everything that you're going to do. And it's with that faith and that expectation today, we pray in Jesus' name and a faith-filled church said, Amen. 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 We've been in a series called Rabbi, The Teachings of Jesus. And I've been loving personally this series because we're looking at Jesus, perhaps for some people, in a whole new light. Jesus fits in every sense the description of a first century rabbi, except he was rabbi with a difference. He was the son of God. He is the son of God. And so we've been looking at some of the teachings and looking at what they mean and uncovering and asking God to show us more. And so we're going to read one of them today. It's in Matthew 18. It's a story about forgiveness. And it comes about as a response from one of the disciples, Peter. Jesus responds to something that Peter says. And we pick it up here in Matthew 18, verse 21. If you don't have your Bible today, that's okay. It'll be behind me. But it says, later, Peter approached Jesus and said, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times, Peter says. And Jesus answered, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times, seven times. The lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. There was once a king who had servants who had borrowed money from the royal treasury. He decided to settle accounts with each of them. As he began to process it, it came to the attention that one of his servants 
owed him $1 billion. That's a lot of money right there. So he summoned the servant before him and said to him, pay me what you owe me. When his servant was unable to repay the debt, the the king ordered that he be sold as a slave along with his wife and children and every possession they owed as payment toward his debt. Verse 26, the servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and begged for mercy. Please be patient with me. Just give me more time and I will repay you all that I owe. Verse 27, upon hearing his pleas, the king had compassion on his servant and released him and forgave, and underline this word, his entire debt. No sooner had the servant left when he met one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000. He seized him by the throat and began to choke him, saying, you better pay me right now and everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down at his feet and begged, please be patient with me. If you'll just forgive me, if you'll just give me time, I will repay you all that is owed. But the one who had had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed. He had his fellow servant thrown into the prison, demanded he remain there until he repaid the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged, went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed you? And in a fury of anger, the king turned on him, or turned him over, sorry, to the prison guards to be tortured until his debt was repaid. In the same way, this is Jesus speaking, listen to these words, in the same way, my heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart toward your fellow believer. I wanna preach a message today with the title 70 times seven. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Father, for these words, for this story that Jesus tells us that we can meditate on and look at today. God, we pray right now that you would illuminate the scriptures to us. Father, we pray for colonial kids right now. God, we thank you for the mighty army of Jesus worshipers that you're raising up. Father, we thank you for those leaders. Give them grace upon grace this morning in colonial kids. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen. This is a story about forgiveness. And as I was going through all the different teachings and the parables and the stories and the illustrations that Jesus gives in his teaching as his time, in his time on earth, this one stands out. 70 times, seven times, or in other words, unlimited forgiveness. Unlimited forgiveness. Jesus said, in this same way, my heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart toward your fellow believer. According to Jesus, forgiveness is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Radical forgiveness, because of the teachings of Jesus and what we see in the Gospels, is now, coming from Jesus, a new kingdom standard. Because what Peter's serving up is the old way. He said seven times, But Jesus says, no, you have to forgive your brother from your heart. And if you don't, then my Father in heaven won't forgive you. Let me show you another verse where Jesus essentially says the same thing. This is Matthew 6, verse 14. It says, for if you do not forgive others their trespasses, 
i.e. the things that they do are wrong against you, the wrongs they commit against you, says your heavenly Father will also forgive you if you forgive their trespasses. But if you do not forgive the others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. See, Jesus was using a story to teach. I talked in the first couple of um, series, parts of this series, I talked about the ways that rabbis teach or taught in that time. Some of the ways would be a uh, contrast style teaching. They would take the largest thing possible, uh, like say, for example, a camel, and then they would take the eye of a needle, which is the smallest thing, and they would use the two to contrast, to be able to teach, to illustrate, to drive home the meaning of the teaching. Another example would be uh, what we see here, which is to illustrate, to tell a story, word pictures. That's why Jesus taught so often with parables, because that was a method of teaching at the at the time, for a rabbi to teach through story. And context was everything at the time for a rabbi. Rabbis would use the current culture, would, would use the climate to illustrate and to teach. That's why we see examples of kings and treasure and farmers and livestock and land. But I love it if you could just meditate on this thought. Because you might be in here today and be like thinking, well, man, that was the first century. There was no technology. There was no this. There was no, no that. Here's the truth this morning. Jesus' teaching always remains relevant. It always remains relevant. It never becomes obsolete. It never grows old. And it always applies to our lives. I like to think of it this way. Jesus' teaching is always reaching into my life. You know, the teaching of Jesus, it'll always reach into your situation. And again, you might be in here today, you might be a new Christian, you're like, well, how does this apply to me? Jesus' teaching will always apply to you. It will always find its way into your circumstance. It will always find its way into your problem. Why? Because Jesus offers solutions. He brings a solution of eternal life. He brings a solution of blessing. He brings a solution of whatever we need at the time because the teaching of Jesus is perfect and always applies. So Peter here asks a question that seems odd. It kind of seems a little bit odd. Forgiveness is on the table. I can just picture the situation. Jesus hanging with all his boys. He's hanging out. Peter's there. He takes his moment. I love Peter. I, I, I just relate so much to Peter. He just lives on an emotional roller coaster. He's so brash. He says the wrong thing at the wrong time. You know, he always he pretty much gets it wrong 99% of the time. And he says to Jesus, he says, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? So Jesus, sorry, Peter sets it up. He sets up all the situation. He says, I've been offended. Um, they're a fellow believer. They keep offending me. Jesus, how many times? But he answers his own question. He sort of, he sort of offers it up. He says, well, seven times, right? Question mark. See, Peter's thinking, man, that's got to be enough. That's got to be what's required. That's got to be enough forgiveness. Peter thought he was being generous. Peter thought he was being graceful. Peter thought that he was lavishing grace. He probably thought that that was about the limit of reasonable forgiveness and forbearance, especially for someone who keeps offending him. He thought seven times, man, that's generous enough. That's appropriate enough. That's enough justice. Right, Jesus? Right? 
not according to this rabbi. Jesus teaches them and uses a saying, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Because perhaps by the time someone had forgiven for the 70 times seventh time, forgiveness would have become second nature to them. So let's begin in this teaching point number one. This is the teaching of Jesus right here in Matthew 18. Number one, I am freely forgiven. That's the beginning point of this teaching. See, what Jesus does is he doesn't start with the end. He begins with Peter. See, Jesus is first teaching what this means for Peter and then everybody else. And he's doing the same thing. When we read this scripture in Matthew 18, he's doing the same thing for you and for all of us. Does that make sense? So he starts, he always starts with you and then it always affects everybody else. That's the way God works. He starts on the inside and it works its way out. Before we get to this person who's really messing with you, the one that's offended you, that keeps offending you, Peter, let's talk about you. Let's talk about how messed up you are. Let's talk about how bad forgiveness for sins you need. See, I am freely forgiven. This is the beginning point. This is the starting point when it comes to addressing kingdom forgiveness. I love it if you could write this down. It's only upon an encounter with grace that you come to realize how much you needed it. It's only upon an encounter with grace, personally, do you then realize, man, I really needed grace. I shared recently that I've been walking with Jesus for 19 years. I'm starting, my saved life is starting to eclipse my unsaved life. And this is what I'm coming to learn is the more that I encounter grace, the more that I understand grace, which is the person of Jesus, the more that I come into contact and walk with Jesus, the more that I know I need Jesus. This is how it works. The more you understand grace, the more you realize how badly you needed it. This is the beginning point of this teaching. It wasn't until I met and discovered Jesus for myself did I realize how destitute I actually was, how far apart from God I was, how I was once an alien to all the promises of God, a stranger to the kingdom of heaven, Desperate but not knowing it. Listen to me. Blind but not seeing. Deaf and unable to hear and ultimately unaware of how good God is. But it's only within the process of time in the kingdom of God we call it seasons. You know, God doesn't work in your minutes. He doesn't work in my minutes. It's like, God, I got one minute. I need this blessing. I got, I'll give you five minutes. That's how, we, that's how we think. That's how we, that's, that's how we try to approach God. But God, you know, he, he works. He's like, yeah, I've got a season here. I've got a season where I'm going to work on you. And then that season's going to come to an end. That's going to feel a little bit weird. And then you're going to start a new season. So you're going to end that season. You've got to end that season well. I'm going to take you to a new season. And that's how God works. And through the seasons of life, he shows us over and over and over again, how amazing he is. Can I get an amen, amen on Sunday morning? With the process of time, we call it seasons, I came to realize how much the forgiveness of God means to me. This is the teaching of Jesus. I mean, I'll make it personally. I'll use the word I right now and just talk about me if you want. 
but the king decided to settle accounts with me. I have been called in before him to hear what my death sentence was going to be. That I was crushed under the weight of the mountain of debt that I could never pay back. And I have been let go in extravagant fashion. That's the forgiveness of God. How quickly do we forget it? How quickly do we move on? That the amount that I owed was so large. This wasn't a, hey, I just got out of this by the skin of my teeth type forgiveness. This was lavish generosity, people. A billion dollars. Multiple lifetimes, potentially generations of people couldn't have paid back this king what was owed in dollar terms. But we've been let go so large, in fact, that 70 times seven lifetimes could never have taken care of this debt. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you've been let go. You've been freed from the weight. You've been freed from a weight that you could not pay, could never pay on your own. It's all because of the, the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, church. It is only because of the blood of Jesus Christ that came down that cross that means that we are completely free. Let me say it this way. You don't owe God anything in Jesus. In fact, it says in the Bible, he chooses to remember your sins no more. And isn't it amazing sometimes that we walk around with this account that we created on our own? And we walk through life and we got this account in our hand and it's just like, man, I've been doing all these things. God must be mad at me. I've been doing all these things. God, man, he must be really mad at me now. Oh man, I've been doing all these things. And God is in heaven saying, I see none of that. I see no accounts. It's only upon an encounter with grace do we realize the grace of God. Let me show you a verse. Micah 17, verse 18. It says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob, steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old, forgiven. That's the nature of our God. That's the nature of your Father in heaven. He's forgiving. He has a forgiving heart toward you. And He has forgiven you of all that you've done. But how quickly do we sometimes forget just how forgiven we are? I want to say something strong here. It's only because I love you, okay? And this is my burden for the whole message. This is my burden for the whole message. How quickly you forgive others tells God how much you understand how he's forgiven you. God's forgiveness shouldn't lead you to a place where you leave his presence and think, man, I got away with it. Now I can go live my life and do what I want and treat grace like it's always there. Verse 26, look at how the servant acted before he was forgiven. You ready? The servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and begged for mercy. The forgiveness of God, it should hit you. The forgiveness of God, I'm preaching this morning, it should affect you. The forgiveness of God, it should bring you to your knees completely awestruck at God. And sometimes I look around, I'm like, man, people just... 
Like, we are forgiven. I have no debt. I'm rolling on into heaven. I'm on my way to heaven. I have Jesus in my life. I've got everything I need because God decided in His sovereignty and His goodness to let me go. I'm forgiven. And you're forgiven as well. And it's a lavish forgiveness by a holy God who's paid a debt so large and so substantial that it should lead me to live the rest of my life totally awestruck at the generosity of God. This is why we've got to come to church. This is why we've got to read our Bibles because we need to be reminded of the debt that has been paid. We need to be reminded of how forgiven we are. So Jesus starts off by establishing this. I am freely forgiven. Number two, here we go. And this is the key behind the teaching. I now glorify the Father by the way I forgive. This is the teaching. This is what Jesus is saying. I glorify the Father in heaven, your Father in heaven, my Father. I I give Him glory by my willingness and the way that I forgive others, the way that I release forgiveness. Verse 31, when His associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt that you owed me? Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I showed you? Listen to me, friends. I glorify God by the willingness and the way that I forgive. I've been sharing like a couple stories from my own life through this series. And when it comes to this particular issue of forgiveness, man, I've got a doozy. I was 19, 20 years of age and I'd just massive relationship issues in my life. I lost my mother to cancer. I was um, completely separated from my father. He was, he was um, living a whole new life. And, you know, basically that's when I met Jesus and I praise God for that. But in the midst of it, there was a person that came into our lives that, that really had a very, very negative impact on our family. And I mean like negative, to the extent where I sit here today and I can honestly say I could have spent the rest of my life with unforgiveness in my heart, bitterness and resentment, focused all my attention on what that person did to me on the way, what, what they said to me and how they, how they did this and how they did that. But what I've come to learn following Jesus is I give glory to the Father by the way and the willingness and the speed at which I forgive. How quickly I forgive, how many times I forgive. And Peter says seven times. I want you to think about something today. Jesus said, You'll, they'll know that you're mine by the way that you love others. He says, that's how they'll know. And he says these words, he says, as I have loved you. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. The you, people that swore at him, people that jeered at him, people that uh, maligned him, people that whipped him, people that spat on him, people that ultimately killed him. And here Jesus says, he says, as I have loved you. In other words, I love them even while they're doing that. I just find it so funny. Some people hold a grudge over a parking spot. People hold a grudge over some missed opportunity that they got. 
10 years ago. Harbour unforgiveness because of something that was said and forgotten about a long time ago. I glorify God by my willingness to forgive as I have loved you. Let's not be people that harbour unforgiveness. There's a whole lot of people, especially in the church, that are walking around with resentment. There's a whole lot of people that are walking around with, with seeds of unforgiveness that are just being sprinkled and allowed to grow. We need to be people that recognise them and root them out quickly. Why? Because Jesus said, this is how people will know that you're Christians. This is how people will know that you're followers. This is how people will know that you are the church by the way that you forgive. Jesus was also teaching about how poisonous unforgiveness can be how ultimately poison can lead to a pretty, pretty bad situation between you and the Father. He makes that clear. But he says this, he says, in the same way my heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart toward your, look at this, your fellow believer. The opposite of release of forgiveness is to harbour or to live with unforgiveness. And Jesus says that's a poisonous way to live, that's a dangerous way to live. I wrote down a few things, but what does unforgiveness do to a believer? I wrote a few things down, but it can block up your ability to be led by the Spirit. It can mean you're, you, you miss an opportunity to bless another person. God wants to use you to bless someone else. Unforgiveness can get in the way. Something else that unforgiveness can do, it can affect your ability to read the Word. It can affect your ability to worship God. You wanna walk freely into the presence of God and be able to worship Him you have unforgiveness in your heart, it gets in the way. It becomes something that you think about. And that's what I wrote down next. It can torment your mind. Unforgiveness can torment your mind. It's all you think about, you obsess over, you just can't get over that thing. That's what unforgiveness does. I think about all the mental health issues today and I wonder, man, if some people could just forgive some people, I wonder if they would be released from whatever that thing is. Something else and ultimately, the worst thing it can do is it can harden your heart. Jesus repeatedly impressed on his disciples the necessity for forgiveness, that we're not to harbour resentment, but freely forgive those who injured them. So Peter asked seven times, the person who keeps offending me. I wonder if some of the other guys were there were like, hey, Jesus, can you give us a number though? <laughs> Maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, someone's been offending me for a long time. Someone has been hurting me for a long time. Someone has been doing, uh, wronging me for a long time. And this is what Jesus would say today. He would say, keep forgiving. He would say, keep forgiving. And then when you feel like you're just about done forgiving, he would say, forgive again. Because every time you do, you glorify my Father in heaven. Because by the seven times, seventh time, it would become second nature to us. You know, nothing says more I believe that shows, sorry, the heart of God more than someone who's able to forgive a wrong quickly. And I would challenge anyone today that if it takes you a while to forgive, I think you just need to reset yourself back on grace for a little while. Because forgiveness needs to come quickly. Forgiveness needs to come from us. Because what happens is we become in the likeness and the character of our heavenly Father who has freely forgiven us. Freely let us go. So my question today is this, who owes you? 
Oh, it got real quiet then. Who owes you money? And I'm not talking about real money. I'm talking about who owes you money? Who owes you something? Who did something to you? Who do you have an account with? Who, who do you have an unsettled account with? Because I'm believing by the time we get done today, that account's gonna be at zero. I'm believing that you're gonna be done with it. I believe that you're gonna be walking in a whole new way. You're gonna be leaving that all behind because here's the truth. When you harbor unforgiveness, you build for yourself a prison, you put yourself in it and you throw away the key. And the only person usually who's noticing is you. As we forgive and as we quickly forgive, we become like our heavenly father when we forgive others. Team, you can come and join me. I wanna finish by reading Ephesians 4. This is when the apostle Paul is talking specifically about this issue. And he comes at the church in a new way. He starts talking about the attributes of a believer. He starts talking about what being a Christian should look like, what being part of the church should, should, mani- should manifest itself and look like this. And he says some things that teach us so much. He says this, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. We're all in this together. He says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. That's so important. Forgiveness is, unforgiveness is the biggest open door for the, for the enemy. It is such an open door because he uses it. He comes in, he starts to spread lies. He starts to spread deceit. He starts to say things that just aren't true. And somewhere along the line, if you're not careful and that unforgiveness door is open, you will accept and believe one of those lies. That's why we have to shut the door so quickly. Give no opportunity for the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labour doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up and fits the occasion that may give that, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and clamor, anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Look at this, verse 32. Oh, I pray you get this this morning. Be kind to one another. How simple is that? You know, my wife's taught me a lot about kindness. I didn't used to be a kind person. I'm just gonna, can I be honest in church? Is that okay? I didn't used to be a super kind person. You know, I grew up in a country where it's just like, you know, it's a little bit of... Just get on with it, you know? Toughen up. Be tough to other people. Because we're all we're all just gonna be tough. But my wife, she taught me kindness. And here the, the apostle Paul makes it so simple. He says, just be kind to people. Harboring unforgiveness isn't kind. It's hurtful. But he goes on, he says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiveness brings freedom to everyone, but especially to me. Would you stand with me? We're going to have a forgiveness party right now. We're going to have a big old forgiveness party right now. And the best part about it is it's just between you and God. Jesus says in the teaching, He says, release forgiveness from your heart. Release the forgiveness. 
See, to hold on to unforgiveness means you're holding on to it. You're harboring it. You're keeping it in. It's time to let it go. It's time to zero some accounts. It's time to let people go in your heart and simply saying this, it's like, I'm not gonna live with this anymore. I'm letting it go. I'm releasing that person. Listen to me, maybe you need to say this to your own soul. They don't owe me anything. And whatever they did to you, can I just encourage you, if there's legitimacy to that account, I understand, I get it. I'm not saying that there is not legitimacy, but God takes care of all that. And what all He's asking us to do is to release forgiveness, to be people of forgiveness, to be people that freely forgive. So here's what I'd like to do with every head bowed. I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit, am I harboring any unforgiveness? Is there any resentment in my heart? Is there any bitterness that I'm holding on to? Show it to me now. I want to release it. I want to release it. I want to rid my life of this poison. I'm not going to live with it anymore. I'm choosing to walk in newness and freedom today. And when you know what it is, when you know who it is, you know what the situation is, you just raise your hand. Remember, this is between you and God. No one's looking around. No one's, this is, this is for you. I'm just going to wait because I know there's more hands. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come right now. Show us. Help us. Guide us. Counsel us. Lead us into all truth. Help us to get free today, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, you see all the hands that are raised right now. We believe right now in the power of prayer. We believe that as we open up our hearts to you, as we, as we decide to let go of people. Father, I pray right now for a great release of debt. Father, for a great zeroing of accounts, God. Father, I pray that people would be free of any entanglements of unforgiveness. God, I pray right now against any bitterness, Father, any resentment that exists in people's hearts and in people's lives. God, we thank You that today is a day of letting go. Today is a day of new beginnings, walking free, completely free, completely free of any harboring of unforgiveness, God, in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's lift our hands right now. Let's worship God right now. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.